0: Welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm here with someone who, it's funny because just before we started recording this, we were just talking about how this could have happened, uh, I think, many times over the years. I mean, uh, I've been doing this for a while. You've been doing your thing for, for quite a long time as well. And uh, just yeah. for whatever reason, it, it never happened, but I'm glad we're doing this now. And I think that the best way to sort of start this off is if you want to introduce yourself and just give a bit of background about what you do as an artist. And I know there's sure. a lot of history with the
1: label and everything else, but
0: let's just hear how you yeah. would introduce yourself.
1: Okay. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, so my name is Adam Hannibal. I'm the manager of Balanced Records. Um, In a few weeks, Balanced will be turning 22 years. So that's how long I've been doing this, like, close to half my life now. Um, So I run Balanced Records. I started that in 2001 with a few friends. It's it's an electronic label, although we definitely venture into a lot of reggae, funk, uh, hip hop influences. It's kind of a mixed bag. We like a lot of experimental and abstract things, too. So it's a very balanced mix of music. That's sort of hence the title. Um, In addition to that, I also host, I co-host a radio show on CKW that's been going on for almost 20 years, too, uh, called Quadrifunk. It's Friday nights, so I do that. And I was also one of the co-founders of a music festival called Meme or Mimetic that's uh, still going strong. It'll be going on in June this year. Yeah. So yeah, I've kind of had my hand in various projects related to kind of mostly electronic music um, and styles like that, you know, whether it's events or physical releases or digital releases or whatever, or radio waves. So um, that's kind of my, that's the quick elevator uh, <laughs> description of what I've been doing. But there's, you know, there's a lot more there, which we can unpack. Uh, uh, of
0: course. Yeah, yeah. And I think that the, the way that I kind of got first um, balanced, uh, showed up my radar is to the reggae side of things. I mean, that's sort of... Um, yeah. I listen to a lot of different kinds of music, but reggae has always been kind of this, like, you know, uh, much larger pile than everything else in my record collection. And and so uh, through people like uh, Seed Organization um, and going to some local events and things like that is kind of how I I heard about the label and realized that there was someone putting out, uh, you know, some dub stuff, some dancehall tinge stuff um, in Winnipeg. And the electronic side of things, which I know is kind of the bulk of what what the label has done, is is an area that I've kind of dipped a toe into, but have never really got super... um, deeply engaged in. And and throughout the course of doing the podcast, I've definitely talked to a lot of electronic artists and that's kind of helped. And I've done that with some other genres too, but it, it still remains this kind of, um, this scene and this this genre and a series of genres that's a little bit yeah. outside of my frame of reference. So it's always cool sure. to have someone like you on to sort of talk about this because it's a vibrant, yeah. long-lasting part of the local music community. And, and it's just something that I've been sort of just on the on the periphery of.
1: Right. Well, yeah, it's very interesting. So, I mean... We, yeah, we got started in 2001, but we had been throwing parties, like, you know, raves and warehouse parties and stuff since 1995. And my thing, like, I started DJing in 1995 after collecting records, um, you know, since, like, junior high kind of thing. Uh, biking down to, like, this store called Impulse Records, which is, um, like, Roman now uh, eventually ran Wild Planet, Wild Planet right. you, this, uh, you know, uh, kind of like industrial dance uh, record shop. And that's kind of how I cut my teeth with a lot of that and, like, the early Ninja tunes and Mo' Wax kind of stuff. Uh, But for me, it was always about, like, there'd always be, like, a a main room that would have, like, the pump-in house and techno and trance music. And then there'd always be, like, a side room that was the chill-out room where you'd have, like, slow dub, you know, sort of spacey, psychedelic, ambient, stuff like that. And I was always drawn to that because I just thought, artistically there's way more interesting stuff going on and the people that be in that room were just open-minded heads that would just be, you know, let's connect or whatever. So, um, so you know, the sort of the seeds of the label were all about like, well, how can we sort of like, you know, tap into some of this creative force in Winnipeg, release some music, whatever that looks like, like we had no idea what we were doing um, and try and, you know, sort of, uh, you know, sort of highlight some stuff on a map that we're doing, you know, some interesting stuff with our scene. So. Back in the early 2000s, it was an interesting, like, nexus of, um, you know, home recording software was just sort of, you know, like SoundForge and stuff was yeah. just kind of coming up. And, uh, and yeah, we had all these sort of people who were sort of experimenting with DJing uh, and had a bit of a musical background and were sort of trying to identify, you know, with what kind of sounds they wanted. So that's that was sort of the, the rationale with the labels. Like, well, let's just try and, like, release some music. Um, there's enough of a group of artists here. We felt like we had a bit of a collective and we were kind of more on the left field experimental ambient ambient dub yeah. end of things um and then from there just sort of you know organically grew into other uh you know spindles of, of different types of music and stuff so that was yeah, that was sort of the early Seeds of what got us going. So,
0: well, and obviously that that whole scene of all those interconnected scenes, I guess, hasn't yeah. really died down at all. It's it's if anything, it's gotten much bigger and much much more kind of broader in terms of the different styles and, and different subgenres of subgenres <laughs> of subgenres. Um, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: As evidenced by the label still being around and and the festival still you know going strong yeah. after all these years. So, uh, it must be kind of rewarding to see sort of the the way the scene has has kind of uh, ballooned in the years that you've been contributing to it.
1: It's it's really fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was smaller in some ways, but it, it kind of before social media it just sort of had to be more tighter and kind of communal because, you know, you'd go to the same record stores and meet up with the same kinds of people. And I remember there was like certain club nights where like there's a place called uh, Cloud Nine that was was it in the Ramada, I guess. Right. And they'd have like a hip hop night and there'd be a drum and bass night and there'd be like other nights. And we would kind of all go to these nights together. Uh, And everybody kind of knew, you know, all these scenes were interconnected. And so it was just kind of a, you know, and then over the years, I'd say it's gotten bigger in some ways and almost a bit more segmented. Um, And then, of course, you know, COVID kind of stuff happens, too. But um, I feel like there's a bit of a reconnection going on now, just from what I can tell, is that, you know, there's we've had a few years away from a lot of these parties and people are hungry to get back at it and want to collaborate and find, you know, ways to tap into each other. So. Maybe kind of ironically, I'm not quite as active on social media as I used to be, but I feel like there's still, there's a healthy momentum going in in electronic music and all the different styles and people are starting to kind of reconnect and coalesce again. So that's, that's a good sign. I think
0: it is. That's really cool. Yeah. And I guess you have the benefit too, of now that there's people who are, who are making this kind of music who weren't even around, weren't even alive when you started this label and, and, you know, they're, they're 18, 19, 20, whatever, who are doing their own, their own take on these styles of music and, and you you can kind of because of the way everyone's connected especially after a couple of years of not being able to do shows everyone's kind of just found their people online i think and and that's right. you're getting introduced to all this stuff that um from people who maybe mi- mi- they did miss you the first time around and now they're yeah. probably going through the back catalog and, and and picking up some of the what Winnipeg has put out there over the years
1: right that's right so there's always kind of this rediscovery like i i feel like the generations in music are you know just a few years or something and then you you kind of dip your toe in it and you'd be like oh yeah there's a whole new crew of people that have come up um actually i just read who's chuck d was recently saying like hip-hop it's like the generations are like five years yeah kind of thing like every five years right you'll reach this new sort of level of different styles and different people and i i kind of feel like that is it's like that in electronic music too um yeah and so it's it's interesting because and then we have places like precursor and other places where people can go to actually learn production and that, that kind of stuff wasn't really on the radar 20 years ago so there's sort of all the tools you can need and you have you know manitoba music constantly giving great workshops and sort of refining people's skills so it's really come a long way because i feel like we were just sort of stumbling in the dark uh in those early days we barely knew anything about distribution and um just sort of took our chance but uh you know you learn some lessons and for better for worse i mean i've rarely in the last 22 years been doing balance just as a full-time gig i'm always having to do you know it's kind of the reality of a Canadian music industry yeah. person, regardless of genre. Yeah, it's just the thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Do. So uh, I always tell sort of the up and coming people, like, maybe don't set your like be ambitious, but like be have some plan B's and C's in there because you know you, if you're gonna sort of hang your hat on just this as a as an option, you anyway, know, that's a possibility, but it's probably good to have some other you know other uh, plans in place. Know, we've definitely just sort of learned organically, I think, is like trial and error and see what, you know, what sticks. And, and one of our sort of missions has not been so much about like, trying to think what's going to sell it's just like what can we do that's creative and that we're really feeling and it's kind of original and you know just sort of that artistic integrity which is a little bit cliche but i really feel like that's what we've held on to uh consistently through all these years so
0: well that's that's interesting too because that comes up so much on this show whether i'm talking to a rapper or a country singer or or whatever the genre is punk rock right just that idea of of authenticity and of being genuine and and doing something because like like meaning what you're what you're putting out there i think that's that's right i don't know if that's a local thing Where just everyone here, because we're isolated and because it's a very tight-knit community, everyone sort of wants to be real? I don't don't know. I don't know what you're talking
1: about. Yeah, I think think we are a little bit cut off, even though we're probably, the world is, you know, becoming a a more smaller micro place. But I feel like that was one of our kind of calling cards in the early days. I'd go to these music conferences and I'd talk about the isolation of Winnipeg kind of fueling, you know, the creativity and yeah. our taglines is like surrounded by an ocean of wheat and snow was kind of like a little like play on that is like, you know, we're really isolated. Uh, we hibernate and we make music and that's I kind of use that to sort of, you know, promote what we were doing. So uh, and then I also feel like there's just certain like mainstream things that Winnipeggers just don't latch onto as much, which sure. I'm kind of proud of, honestly, I think it's great because we we just don't really go for all that stuff. So um, maybe it's changing a bit, but I think we've always had that. And you know, one way I think this also this has an extra spin with electronic music is there's always been this allure and magnetism to like go see a DJ that's going to play a whole bunch of music you've never heard before yeah. and take you places, you know, and like sounds. And that's a little bit different than like going to uh, you know a rock concert or whatever, where you, you want to hear certain sounds. Like there's a predictability that you're expecting from some of those artists. And for us, the 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 draw and the sort of what would blow our minds was just like, oh man, I've never heard in those tracks before. They're, they're all on dub plates, they're not gonna come out for six months or something, um, you know, so it's all about those sort of rare, unique selections that define people. Uh, and so I think that's also been a, an ingredient that's helped sort of push us to be, you know, as, as kind of unique and just um, as natural as we can with what we do, so. For sure,
0: yeah, that is a, That is a kind of a distinct um, experience because it's kind of like that yeah. sound system culture thing, right? C- coming coming through right, all, all, all exactly. the decades, and, and that doesn't yeah. exist. You're right; it doesn't exist with with live bands or with um, even people DJing popular music, right? I mean, the, the, yeah. people are going to hear a certain song, and and that's yeah. that, otherwise they're going to be disappointed. Whereas people are going to these shows to to, to experience something.
1: Something, yeah, they want something new and unexpected uh, versus. Give me something that's familiar that I can just sort of head, you know, nod my head to, and I'm not saying that in a judgy way. It's just kind of like a different, you know, experience that people seek. So yeah, yeah.
0: well, it's yeah. interesting too that the, the sort of the time frame in which you came up to as as a label. I mean, going back, you know, 20, 20 plus years into the early two thousands, there, yeah. so, there were there were a lot of different kind of. Um, parts of the music scene doing similar things. I mean, you had like Peanuts and corn on the hip hop side, you know, and and doing very similar things in the sense that it was all DIY. They were putting out samplers and things every once in a while too, with with all the artists on it. And, and and then there was like in the punk scene and the ska scene, there was all these little labels sort of doing that same thing. And I I don't know if it was just an era, like just something to do with what was going on because it sort of predates barely the current situation we're in right i mean there was still yeah. stuff like napster and all that happening then but streaming sure. and all the way the social media has taken over wasn't a thing yeah. yet it was like right at the no. beginning of that
1: that's right yeah i mean i got some of my best advice uh, i used to go to this music conference called Medem in france and it was neat because you'd have people like you're talking about from all different walks of life there was like i remember when like arts and crafts was getting started yeah. i talked to those guys a bit and uh derek from g7 i'd hang out with him um and yeah, that's a great
0: example. T- G 7s a great example. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. exactly. Yeah, G seven. Yeah, and, um, and we had our very first studio in the A zone at oh, cool. like above and, Um, So for you know, so that was just kind of like like a neat Winnipeg thing, where like very different music, and but you know, but kind of like, but politically and just like lifestyle wise, we had a lot in common with these guys, um, and it just seemed like a nice fit. So that's kind of a bit of a Winnipeg thing, where you you know the genres just sort of melt away, and it's just more about people into their arts and understanding each other that way um and willing to help each other out too like sort of that there wasn't that um you know that sort of ego getting in the way or anything like that like we're all just sort of working together and you know on the same path that way so yeah I don't know if it was like what it was about that era but it was a pretty special time because I think social media has really scripted things and become quite formulaic right and so I think there we were just all just in this discovery mode and going for it. So yeah, it was pretty neat. Well,
0: it's cool too, because a lot, I mean, again, not to, not to, um, you know, hold this up against stuff that's come later because there's a lot, a lot of great music in all those styles that's come since then. But a lot of my favorite records from local artists are from that era. Like regardless of what genre of music it is, for some reason, it's probably because of my age then, you know, I was, I was, (laughs) I was a very impressionable age at that point. You know, I was in like late teens, early twenties at the beginning of the two thousands. And so, um, like that it probably helped, but but yeah, it just in yeah. like a very creative, very fertile kind of uh, time period yeah. for Winnipeg in general. Yeah.
1: I mean, I've, I've got that same like kind of bias as I feel like it was such a golden era because it's this formative part, point in your life and also some new, you know, musical tendrils are being formed, you know, so I I think I was in grade 12 when I went to my first rave and it really blew my mind, but it was also like the first raves were happening everywhere at that time, so it was a pretty special thing and, you know, now uh I, I don't think people have the same kind of firsts in the same way because you're probably gonna see a tiktok video about whatever that experience is before you actually get to experience it yourself or something right so for better or for worse i think there's something pretty special about um discovering new art and new collectives of people that are like-minded uh yeah in the most sort of natural way right so-
0: interesting how how sort of music consumption has changed not just in the sense that people are are downloading or streaming it I guess rather than buying physical uh, media but more so like how it seems like every piece of music ever made is now sort of seen as on the same timeline for a lot of young people because there's no differentiation it's just all you press a button it's there so yeah a lot of that sort of um, idea of discovering something you don't know when anything's from I mean I've had you know I have a teenage daughter and I remember at a birthday party her friends were talking about Eminem and I yeah. was like, I have that on tape downstairs, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> and and they, they, they didn't realize that he had been around more than like, you know, six months or whatever, because right. it was just something they discovered online. And, and it that's was, really interesting. Yeah. So it's yeah. weird. It's weird. I don't know how, um, it's not really a question. It's just a, a weird observation about, um,
1: well, yeah, everything is so instantaneous now. And like you said, a bit of like, it's removed from its context. Yes. Yeah. I remember, we would, you know, I'd read about music in magazine reviews before it was released. And then you'd do the mail order thing totally. in a few weeks. And you, you know, you had this appreciation of the whole timeline, like you said. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. It's the onus now is way more on the kids to do their own research and really dive into it in a different way. But, uh, it, yeah, it really has changed it, so. Uh, and even, you know, even how we plan our releases, we kind of expect that it's such a short <laughs> window of time where you're gonna do some promotion. Uh, and then you expect people are kind of, their attention span's kind of gone on to, well, what's next, right? Um, you know, and we were focused a lot more on compilations, like long form compilations, where you can really showcase a big range of styles, really yeah. tell a story. Uh, and we still try and do that every once in a while, but it's kind of like, well, people just want really quick singles that they're just gonna, you know, kind of the sound bitey stuff. Um, yeah, so it really has changed even in that time. We used to think, okay, the compilation is the way to do it, and that was such a big uh, kind of calling card in, in electronic music, but it's it's really faded now and maybe, you know, got overused or whatever. So now it's all about singles or even just one track. And Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really changed. So
0: Well, the, the compilations were, I mean, as someone who kind of came up in the punk scene, like that was the way I discovered everything, was through yeah, compilations yeah. that have like 20 bands on it, and then and you, really, you find like five of your favorite bands on right. this thing you bought for five bucks at the record store, and it's, yeah, it's, it was definitely like a lost art. I think now people have playlists and and mixes and stuff, but it's not not the same.
1: It's not really the same, though. Yeah, no, it's a bit different. So,
0: so with a label, I mean, you know, you're, you're yeah. still still doing this label. You have this this the pretty deep catalog at this point. How do you sort of adjust um, for this dystopian future <laughs> that we're all in? I mean, you, you know, you're still putting out physical physical music, which is great, and you're doing digital stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said there's this kind of that short timeline of of when you can actually promote it before it gets, you know, swept away on people's on people's uh, feeds and is gone forever. Yeah. Is there sort of a different way you have to approach releasing music at this point? Well,
1: I mean, yeah, I, Let's see, where do I start here? I mean, so yeah, it's the approach that we used to do in like 2005 to maybe the next 5 or 6 years from that point is I'd go to a lot of music conferences, I would be promoting our artists, but I'd also be trying to, you know, do some A&R and discover other artists. Um, and that worked pretty well for a while. And then I've kind of like, just in terms of the point of my life now where I've got like three young girls and, you know, I'm just settled down. I'm pretty busy with my day job as a school psychologist. So that takes a lot of work too. Um, and so we've got a pretty good crop of artists we've worked with in the last 20 years. And they kind of just every once in a while, somebody will pop up and be like, hey, you know, what do you guys think of this? And it's pretty neat because a lot of times it comes to us already mastered. They have their own artwork. <laughs> I have to say it's like either we've done, we've built some really good relations or people just know I'm going to make this as easy as I can for you to release it kind <laughs> of thing. <laughs> um, and yeah, and so we, we're more or less almost like more of a distributor. And some for some people and others people, we do more of the mastering and, you know, the, the marketing and stuff. But most people come to us without illusions that we're going to be doing like a six month. Yeah high-intensity marketing campaign and that they're going to become big stars from this. Like, they just kind of know the industry. Most people have also done their own, like, self-releasing or been with other labels. So I think there's kind of just an an understanding that, like, hey, I want to get my art out there. Uh, I want to join forces with you and, you know, and then we'll keep this thing going for as long as we can kind of thing. So maybe our expectations have lowered or they're just a bit more realistic. Uh, Whereas before, we used to deal with some artists that just expected really big things would come. And, uh, you know, that's just the reality is, it's just really hard. Even if you have the best publicist in the world and the best team, yeah. um, you know, you'll only get so far. And, and a lot and kind of interestingly, we have always had a crop of artists that have had kind of like their foot in the door doing other kinds of work or have families. And, you know, they're not necessarily looking to tour the world. They just want to get some music out. And aren't under any illusions uh, of what that'll look like. So I think we've had, yeah, like people like Rise Ashen, who's in Ottawa, and he's kind of like a, a spoke for us, who's connected us with all kinds of other artists. Um, and then the seed organization, like Spencer's been in Montreal for ten years now, okay, and he started a couple sub labels there. He's got one called Serious Vibes, and he used to have one called Greenhouse, and that was more of our sort of heavier dub, uh, bass, you know, influence reggae and stuff. And that's still going strong. Um, so we kind of just sort of set up some different systems where you know things are just kind of perpetuating themselves now. And occasionally we do get some new artists and everything, but it's it's largely just uh, we've kind of got our crop that we go through. And it's, it's kind of about well, what can I manage at the end of the day and what can Spencer manage? And we're just kind of realistic about it. And we've made it, uh, I think we've just sort of adapted well to making this a long-term sustainable project without burning ourselves out or, or sort of overcommitting to things, we just kind of have a good pace of things, and you know, we're a little bit lazy fair almost at this point. I'm just like, well, okay, this is these are the three releases we're, we're going to plan, and we'll we'll have a rough timeline, and if it works out that way, that's okay. And you know, all the artists are pretty cool and chill with things, so
0: that's awesome. It's nice it's to have that, that kind good. of comfortable yeah. home for all these artists too, right? Where
1: they yeah. they know what to expect,
0: they- and they 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 they've worked with you before so many times, and they yeah. it seems like a very uh, not easy, but, but comfortable way, way to put it over. comfortable.
1: Music. And yeah, I think it's just uh like a well-worn path at this point. So we've uh, you know, it becomes almost hands-free at a point we just put in what we have to do. Um, and yeah, so it, it works pretty well. I mean, if somebody really wanted to tour a lot and really hit the festivals and have a really strong social media team behind them, that's, you know, we can't quite commit to that. So we just, we're just very clear with people what we can commit to and yeah. it's, it works out good. And then I think we have a good reputation for being like fair and transparent and, you know, that kind of thing. So,
0: yeah, that's awesome. So with all this, this history of the label, how much of this music is still available? I mean, is it all still floating around out there uh, in the ether somewhere or is there some stuff that's just long gone and way out of print? Yeah.
1: Well, good question. Some of our earlier CDs, you'll still see, you know, I'm certainly, if you, if you wanted to find them like discogs or things like that, you could, our main distributor is called groove distribution in Chicago, and they still have quite a bit of stuff. Um, up but it's funny we recently redid our website and we didn't we didn't sort of go all the way back we just sort of went back to <laughs> maybe about 10 years um to stuff that's just a bit more sought after still and you know um so you know obviously things are still available digitally but we yeah. have sold out a number of our vinyl only releases and you know i don't know if we're going to repress any of those anytime soon just because vinyl's a bit of a headache with all the waiting times and you know yeah. that kind of and the shipping costs now so um, so a lot of it is still out there, but we're not, necessarily, we're not sort of like hustling or pushing it as much as we are with say the, the latter half of our catalog or so. So
0: that makes sense though. I mean, the, about, oh, the sorry, old sport. stuff the old stuff's had, had time to, to,
1: to be heard, right? It's yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's out there. But, um, you know, I mean, if you, <laughs> I, I go to these record conventions where I know I've seen you and I still, I sometimes just sling some of that stuff out there just like you know it's still taking up some room in my basement some <laughs> of those cds and so uh, part of it's just making room for new stuff and that kind of thing <laughs>
0: find um your music online i mean again like you said a lot of it's a lot of it's out there for streaming what's the best way to to find balanced and 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 just sort of go through what's out there whether it's you know for the past 10 years or 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 longer
1: yeah i would say between the website and our Bandcamp page um that's where you can really delve into a lot of the stuff so yeah, the Bandcamp actually doesn't go all the way back either. So it's kind of funny, like some of that stuff just is just a bit obscure, which I kind of like. Like, if yeah. you really have to do some, some work to really dig into that. And I've always been into kind of more obscure labels and stuff. But I would say between yeah, the website, which is just balanced with a D at the end and then hyphen records dot com or just search Bandcamp and you'll sort of stumble on our stuff. So those are kind of the two main ways. And, you know, every once in a while we'll do deals. Uh, for film and TV, and I've seen people literally comment of like, oh, you know, I stumbled on this through whatever, this weird commercial or some cool. obscure film Shazamming it kind of thing. So, uh, so yeah, there's some of that. And obviously, like, radio play and some of the classic ways of promoting your music uh, has been good for us. So,
0: Do you have yeah. uh, releases coming out in the near future, or is that to be determined?
1: Yeah, no, we've got um, – it's funny, we were pretty – we slowed down, um, you know, right before – COVID and stuff and then basically when I had twins in 2018 things really slowed down um, sure and then we, we've been firing up pretty strong since 2020 and especially Spencer he's got a few uh, titles coming out in the series vibes so there's one about a month away that should be coming out a single with uh, a woman named Icky out of Montreal she does some really neat kind of abstract bassy stuff cool and then Rise Ashton has a neat project with a guy named Mellow. Uh, it's kind of a bit more like Afro tribal influenced, uh, but also a little bit laid back. So that's coming out. And um, I've got an interesting project in the work. I think you'll be into uh, into this. It's uh, I'm I'm jamming with a couple friends where like we've got guitar and bass, uh, a whole bunch of pedals. I do a lot of the beats and stuff. And it's kind of a weird fusion of like psychedelic jammy stuff with like dub and techno influences and electronics uh so that's called old tech we're just kind of making fun of ourselves that we're you know we're the old tech um and that yeah we've got a couple singles they'll probably be more like summer fall that that's finally coming out so anyway yeah so we've got a lot going on um
0: and then the festival too in the summer
1: yeah meme uh yeah meme is coming it's the second week uh in june there'll be a night at the cube on the saturday and then there'll be a show at Little Brown Jug in the Pyramid as well. So I'm not quite as involved, but I do a little bit of the programming still and just kind of consult here and there. Um, so that's encouraging because I've kind of, with balance, we're not really doing as much like release parties or, you know, some of that kind of hustling. So I've kind of channeled that into some of the mimetic events a little bit more. So at least for the time being, so.
0: Well, it's, it's cool. It's cool that you're still doing this. I mean, like, uh, you know, I think that one of the cool things about doing things on such a DIY level is that a lot of people who are trying, you know, you said before about people trying to become famous or whatever, and they're thinking they're going to hit it big. I find a lot of people like that, regardless of genre of music, they quit. They quit after a few years when it, when it's not happening. And then it's people who doing what you're doing, who have been sort of sticking to it and doing this underground DIY thing who tend to be consistently coming up with cool stuff for, for decades rather than this like, you know, big rush of, of attempted success. And then, you know, yeah. disappearing off the yeah. map so it's always cool to see right. that when someone's been plugging away you know and, and reaching the audience that it's intended to reach the people who are,
1: yeah, who are there I for it. Right? right yeah and yeah you don't want to like crash and burn which we've obviously seen lots of examples of that so totally. it's kind of funny because i probably haven't like heeded the best advice along the way um you know it's funny you go to these like music conferences and there's always these tips of like you know the latest marketing strategies on it by and large i'll pay a little bit of attention to that but we just kind of do our own thing and you know maybe we're not achieving uh you know the highest levels all the time or whatever but it's like it's sustainable i kind of know there's a constancy there that's just going to keep moving us along and and like i said the artists that we deal with know what to expect and i think our fan base does too uh so i'm kind of just playing the long game uh not getting too caught up in the latest trends and you know all that kind of stuff and and, you know as you get older (laughs) you just kind of Get more set in your ways, I guess, too. So, oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. I know what
0: that's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.